Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm David Ekstrom. This podcast is brought to you by Massey Ferguson, a proud supporter of Century Farms and those building a lasting farming legacy. Hello, I'm Darren Parker, Vice President of Massey Ferguson North America. And on behalf of everyone here at Massey Ferguson, I'd like to congratulate every Century Farm. We build straightforward and dependable equipment for farms like these and people like you. The people working hard to build something that lasts. The people who were born to farm. So from all of us at Massey Ferguson, thank you for inspiring us with your hard work and dedication. Enjoy the podcast. Strolling through the mature tree row of Bill and Louise Walters Farm is a walk down memory lane for old machinery buffs. Tools from the farm's founding in 1892 remain. Although Jerry and Jeff Bates, Bill and Louise's daughter and son-in-law, are working to clean it up. The Bateses are the third generation to farm this place in Mitchell County near Beloit, Kansas, and they were relative newcomers to the operation. They moved to Beloit in 1998 to raise their family, and Jeff and Jerry began helping her parents on the operation. They never missed a chance to learn from Bill and Louise, who were just one generation from the hardships and toil of first-generation farmers. Successful Farming's Bill Spiegel talks with the Walter family about the early days of the farm and where they intend to take it today. Let's just start off and tell me a little bit about the farm, kind of kind of uh, what all you guys do here, um, what crops you grow, livestock, things like that. Okay, well when they first, they came from out of state, they ended up, they went out to Norton County briefly, out to the little town of New Almelo, and then they ended up back here. But what I, what I found at the courthouse, the first original piece of ground that um, Herman and his two brothers, they first leased it. And it was interesting. I didn't realize in the old days they wrote leases into the Register of Deeds. So there's a piece of ground about four miles west of here, right along Highway 24, that, that was... Um, your bridge is going in. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get up there and if you wanted to put eyes on it. But they first leased it in August of 1892 for one-third of the crop. That was actually written into the Register of Deeds as a lease. And then Herman, Bill's dad, purchased it in March of 1904. For sixty-five hundred dollars, can you imagine that? That's what? How big was the piece? Uh, one hundred and thirty-eight acres. The railroad divides it in two. So that was in nineteen oh four. So, so basically, Herman started farming it in eighteen ninety-two with his brothers. He bought it outright in nineteen oh four. His brother, um, Michael, bought this place here in. June of 1904, and then they sold it to Herman, to Bill's dad, in December of 1908 for big money. It was $11,000. For this <laughs> for this, this place. home quarter? Yes. And I think at that point there was a house on it out in the middle of that field is where, where Michael first had a house. So basically, um, this home place here... Herman has had since 1908. There was an older house that sat out in front of this one, right? Off into the southwest of this. Your old mm-hmm. house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We tore down yeah. in the early yeah. 70s. Yeah. So, so Bill was raised on this place, and then 
a whole fun story later they can tell you about how they met because Louise was from Kansas City. That's another mm. whole fun story. <laughs> but essentially, this place here has been in the family since 1908. The place up there, he farmed since 1892. Your dad was 58 when you were born, and I think your mom was 45. Correct. Yep. Wow. So yeah, that's wow, the gist nice. of this is... Um, he had older siblings, you know, the closest one was, what, 11 years? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mary Lou. And then they went on up from there. So you, okay, when you got married, 1958, is that right? Yeah. So then you, you had the old farmhouse, which, is that the house you grew up in, Bill? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I'm kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle here, and, and I... I my mom grew up in Topeka, and she moved out to Jewel County. They didn't have running water when she when they well, moved back in 1960. Actually, yeah, that wasn't so bad off. And she uh, <laughs> she went to school at Kansas State and married my dad, and or met and married my dad. And anyway, I did grow up with running water, but I didn't have heating and or I didn't have air conditioning. So so I can I can relate to that, and it's. It's a shock. It's it's a bit of a shock to your system, I would presume. So you have to really love the guy in order to... I did love the guy. We got married in September. But when I started to cook one time on his mother's stove, I let the spaghetti run over. And the stove was no more. The whole thing went kerpoop. So I didn't have a stove. I didn't have a TV. What else did I have? There were three things I didn't have. <laughs> Probably, you probably didn't have a dishwasher. That's a little kids were gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I can't. There was three things I I really missed: the TV, and the and the stove. I don't know what else it was, but anyway. So we had we had gotten three electric skillets for wedding presents. So I cooked on three electric skillets for three months, while he and a friend of his put in a kitchen and I worked for the gas company so I had bought a stove oh sorry about showing our old pink oven out here huh it was a built-in mm-hmm. you know the, and so so I really thought I was great when, yeah when I had that but you know I was here oh I don't remember how long I was here and I got so homesick I rode to work every day with my mom and dad. When you were in Kansas City. When I was in Kansas City. And I went to work in Kansas City, and all these people were around. And then I'd come home at night, and there was five in our family, and my grandma lived with us. So there I was around people all the time. And then I came out here, and, well, he didn't leave me any more than he had to, but, you know, he had to go make a living. So I, and then like I say, no TV and no stove. Oh my gosh, I got so homesick. So he says, why don't you go take the bus back to Kansas City? So I went down there and I stayed probably about a week because I visited with my family and I went down to work and met a lot of my friends. Came back home and I was fine. From then on I was fine. Mm. But I did, tell this is better. I didn't, for a while, didn't think I could get pregnant. And I told God, I said, God, if I can't have kids, I don't think I'm going to live here. (laughs) (laughs) So we had kids. 
How many kids did you have? We had six. It was wonderful. We'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned to hear more about the Walter family farm history. With the latest Gleaner Combines, we make machines with the features farmers want and nothing they don't. Lower weight, higher efficiency, less downtime, cleaner bin samples. You know, the things that actually matter when it comes time to harvest. We've been doing it for a hundred years and we'll do it for the next hundred. Because at Gleaner, what matters to the farmer is all that matters to us. Visit Gleaner.com today to learn more. You did do a lot of different things, Bill. You did construction, you, you did electric work, you farmed, you coached, you had a new wife. Um, six kids. <laughs> eventually you had the six kids. And, and so, so then talk to me a little bit about when you started farming with your dad, do you remember uh, what all you grew? Again, kind of going back to livestock and crops and kind of what the whole operation consisted of? You came back and helped your dad there from the 1950s. He passed away in 1963, and he was 90 then, because remember, he was born in 1873. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't get along. They didn't jive, you know. Well, because dad had new ideas, right? Well, yeah. his dad had so many old more old-fashioned ideas anytime he wanted to do anything new or get something new do it if you want to but i'm not going to do it i'm mm -hmm. not going to take you know i'm not going to help but, but you ran cows and you had a cow herd and he milked okay i didn't know he milked he, yeah he was milking that when we got married so like you bought the moral place there after you got married mm -hmm. so at the time you got married you would have had the fields up west and this home place. Mm -hmm. So you really didn't have any pasture necessarily. You, re you ran cows south down on the Lincoln County line, didn't you? Because cool. he's told me stories out in the shed. He still has a, is it a 51 or 52 Ford, your truck? 52, 52 I, think. I think. That he and his dad bought brand new. <laughs> 18 foot bed on it at the time they bought it he said it was the biggest truck in mitchell county mm -hmm. they built stock racks for it and they used to haul cows to the kansas city stockyards and to omaha on that 18 foot truck bed yeah. and then uh, they that was a big haul truck grain in, in it then they take those side racks off and put the other ones on and oh my god did and did you have chickens and yes. and any any pigs that you'd yeah, just mainly for kind of, yeah. So it was a lot more diverse back then. And I would I would assume, and I shouldn't assume anything, but was was some of this product then that you, your family would consume then? Like the the eggs and the milk and, and butcher a pig every now and then and yeah. And then there was a time, and it was before I ever entered the picture here, that you were pretty good-sized alfalfa growers. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot the alfalfa. Like, all 138 acres up there was all alfalfa, and they, with
which I'm still trying to wrap my mind around <laughs> with one old Vermeer swather and a and a New Holland square baler and they put up 130 because you know why 138 because they had a lot of kids that exactly. had manpower yeah. but, I remember walking people those power. roads and flipping over but the hay bales ran, to get them dry New Holland hay buggies I mean you were a pretty yeah. good sized square bale alfalfa operation in the 60s and 70s yeah. right yeah. now we moved back in 98 and uh I guess, you know, my school teacher job, it allowed me, you know, evenings, weekends, and obviously summertime that I just basically started working with Bill here, and and uh, um, he helped us um, kind of get set up with a neighbor. We rented a pasture and bought a few cows of our own and kind of built up a small herd and rented another pasture and then we bought some pasture and some ground and before long you know we were we were running cows they were running cows and then i was just kind of helping him with his field work and then uh, well and during school when you needed to haul water or break water dad would go do yeah, that while he was so in school so they just we owned, we owned cows and I was coaching basketball, so all winter long I never saw him. He took care of our cows for several years in the wintertime. I, I'd feed him on Saturday and Sunday and feed his, and he'd feed ours five days a week. So I got the better end of that deal at that time. So <laughs> where did you teach, or where do you at teach? Bel I taught at Beloit High School okay. for 19 years. I've been five years, just finished my fifth year at St. John's. Okay. So I'm starting, getting ready for my 25th year here in town as a teacher. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay tuned to hear how Jeff and Jerry Bates are running the farm operation today. Cleaner cuts, better windrows, denser bales. You've heard the stories about legendary hay in the Heston by Massey Ferguson machines that make it happen. From self-propelled windrowers and mower conditioners to square and round balers, Heston has the equipment you need to start your own hay legend, whether you're feeding your own herd or running a full-scale hay operation. Be legendary. Run Heston Hay Equipment. Learn more at MasseyFerguson.com or visit your local Heston by Massey Ferguson dealer. So, Jeff, now that you're, you and Jerry are doing more and more, um, have you changed the operation at all? Probably, I mean, a few things to keep, to, to, um, we're probably running more cows on fewer acres today. We have pasture enough between what we own, what we rent, what Bill and Louise have that we rent. To, to very comfortably, without cramming things, run 75 pairs, then the question gets to be, what do you do with them in the wintertime? Um, and that's where we have really started um, planting cover crops after wheat to be able to graze them and carry them through a lot of the winter. You know, if we can get through that, the darkest, shortest days with them just out grazing, even if we have to haul water to them somewhere, but still, um, so that's been probably one thing that that uh, Bill would have grazed wheat, green wheat, or he would have obviously put cows on milo stocks, which we still do. But we probably don't pasture off wheat as much as, as he did because we can put cover crops in stubble. That's, that's one thing that's probably been 
something we've kind of adopted. Um, um, we, as time has gone on, we've really tried. They've, when we first got started, he basically said, "I'm tired of driving the tractor." He still wanted to run his cows. He said, "I'm tired of driving the tractor. I'm tired of making the management decisions." And he made us an offer of kind of a 50-50 split, use their equipment until we kind of mm -hmm. got our feet underneath us. And we still have a few pieces of their equipment that we use, but largely anytime a different piece has been ready to upgrade, Jerry and I buy it outright, and then we help them sell theirs outright. Mm -hmm. We So there's no co-mingling of yeah. taking his to trade in for something else. It's it's We've tried to keep it clean that way. And so... Um, you know, with the tractor we have now, we've put a GPS in it, so it, which obviously um, has been really nice. Again, when you're doing something in the dark, when you're planting wheat in the dust mm -hmm. in September in the evening after work, you can kind of get something done that way. Where Bill would have been out during the daytime doing yeah. it, when it gets dark, he's going to quit and go home. Where Jerry's out there field doing spring tooth and stuff in the fall when I'm at school. And then when I get out of school, I jump on the drill and, you know, she stays about a day ahead of me and we get things done. So, yeah. And you did drill some meat. You were nervous about it. It all got washed out with that big ring the next day, so I don't drill anymore. <laughs> that she doesn't like the GPS. She doesn't want to mess with Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a. I thank heaven for, for the <laughs> GPS because I'm just thinking when my first few years when I was out trying to do two jobs at once yeah. and I was at a field east of Randall and I had no idea where the heck I was yeah. without the GPS yeah. and I, I just knew I, it's either I need to quit working at night or <laughs> get something. Yeah. Well, you know, the boys jump in it and they get things punched up in the way they go. And they let yeah. Megan, who really has done a lot of the farm work over the years and, and probably still is our primary combine driver at harvest time um, she's the same way as her mom she's like she doesn't even want to turn it on you know just she doesn't even want to know how to run it, so it kind of disappoints me because she's one of these years I'll learn <laughs> but, she um, like combine? oh yeah Megan does yeah yeah good for her. she's good yeah. at it he always ran, for a lot of years, you ran Charley cows, and he always liked his white cows. Um, here the last few years, we, we switched over to where we're using Charley bulls now, so I think they're tickled getting to see a lot of the little white babies out here on the place again, after a lot of years of black ones. Mm -hmm. So where do you winter the the cows? Are they are they on out grazing then in the um, field? Some are typically in some Milo stocks or some Milo stocks that we rent, or um, depending on what we have here at home. The years that works nicest is when we can calve the spring ones here at the house, and then the fall one fall calving cows and their babies are in Milo stocks or cover crops somewhere else. So you have both spring and fall calvers. Yeah. The whole justification oh, wow. for makes it easier to keep two bulls busy year-round means a whole lot more labor for Jeff and Jerry having to catch calves twice a year to work and wean calves twice a year yeah. and preg check twice a year. And, but it spreads out. Yeah, yeah batch about twice a year. But 
it spreads out our mm -hmm. yeah um, labor. labor and some of it too is like one of the pastures we rent of theirs is right across the fence from an, another one we rent from an, another lady and it works I think it works easier if we have the the bulls and the spring calvers in one pasture and then the fall calving cows are in the other one and then you don't have bulls climbing fences trying to get from one place to the other and I don't know if that's all justification for it or yeah. not but, but uh, everyone does their does their own thing right yeah. This podcast was brought to you by Massey Ferguson, building equipment for those born to farm for 175 years. Thanks to Bill Spiegel and the Walter family for being our guests today. For Successful Farming, I'm David Ekstrom.